0: Welcome to BusinessWorks. This is Hal Alpiar, along with Dr. Ken Wyatt, professor of business from Tennessee Tech University. And Ken and I uh, are old coffee buddies. We For probably a year or a couple of years, we've been having coffee together once a month or pretty much a monthly basis, on and off. And uh, so we've had a chance to talk about a lot of these different ideas. And today's subject comes up from the last discussion that we had, if you heard it on the podcast or Uh, managed to hear it on the the show live, we um, had been talking about business structures and how that all works and the liabilities attached to it. And so today, we want to review what your workplace safety policies are about, if you have any, first of all, and if you do what they are, and if you don't, uh, you might want to think about it because of the law and just good business practice requires a lot of this. So we're going to kind of cover a bunch of different topics under that umbrella. And um, Ken, maybe you want to start us out with a, a couple of thoughts about it. It seems to me something that most people try to stay away from.
1: Well, it's, uh, it's, a, it's a major issue that uh, our laws want our employees to be safe. And not only do we need to provide them a safe place from known hazards, but those hazards we should know. So that goes even beyond what you already know is there. And then there's some specific things that that uh, are pretty basic.
0: And, and, and th- what we're going to talk about applies to whether you're working in a garage or your kitchen table, or if you have a existing storefront or business uh, somewhere physically. And and it doesn't matter whether you are working completely by yourself, or and you're trying to start something up, or you have an organization of people already involved with you. These are points that relate all the way across the board. Particularly more, the more people involved with your business, the more they apply, of course. But they also uh, have some I, have some application to individual um, sole proprietorships as well as. As well, they do. do.
1: I mean, the goal is safety. If you're doing the work yourself, that your safety matters. Mm-hmm. I know, growing up, when I would work on cars, we just get out there and work in it. There you go. And it was just oil, and it was just gas. We just deal of, with it. Yeah, I don't think I think, think about it.
0: Safety doesn't really. Re- I think a lot of people, if you ask them about it, they're going to say, "Oh, well, I have a fire uh, extinguisher on the wall." <laughs> you know, I have the police number. Well, that you know, that's great. That's a good beginning. <laughs> but oh, it's, there's it's a lot a, more to it than that.
1: It's a so, start.
0: Yeah, if you could kind of get us well, on a couple I mean, of topics. Well, I mean,
1: you're at a grinder grinding a uh, a piece of metal to make it fit, uh, and forgot to put your glass your safety glasses on. Now you're going to the emergency room with a, a piece of metal in your eye, mm-hmm. which can affect your vision from now on. Uh, a Dealing with chemicals, and we know that liquids splatter and the need for things like eyewash equipment. Uh, These are known kinds of things that would happen. steel tip boots when you're dealing with heavy equipment or any dangerous equipment to protect your feet. Uh, So
0: now... Asbestos gloves. I mean, this goes on and on. So we're talking all different kinds of protective gear yes all that.
1: this uh and i mean certainly our uh, uh regulatory agencies osha have guidelines that you can review where, to, to get a better idea of the hazards for your industry the hazards for the type of work you're doing and the safeguards you should have in place where do you get those guidelines well, you, you can know? go to the uh, on to the web their websites and and obtain those Uh, or many of those guidelines. I've worked in environments where... excuse
0: me, uh, the OSHA, O-S-H-A. OSHA.
1: Okay. And and it continues to evolve as we learn more about the hazards that are out there. I worked out of high school, worked in a manufacturing facility where we would stamp out steel bottoms to oil drums. And most of the press operators were missing fingers. And without uh, safety equipment, there's no
0: protection. Well, I've heard that almost every farmer is missing a finger. And so or now there
1: way. are safety practices that we can put in place, and there are those that are more difficult to put in place. And over time, we can make them more and more sophisticated and functional. So we just need to remember that it's an it's a critical part, it's, it's expected, it's needed, and it's the law for employers to... Uh, to look into the safety in the environment of their workplace and,
0: and even sometimes if if the workplace doesn't seem like it is a place that you could have an accident um, that 's not the reason to ignore these <laughs> any more than it is to think you 'll never have a fire and so you don 't need a fire extinguisher you know
1: uh, and, and and we're talking so far about injury, but are there situations where there's uh health concerns and how do health concerns affect your employees and how does that affect your business. And so this makes good business sense, not just the law, um, to want to have a healthy and safe uh, environment for your employees, for the productivity of your business.
0: Right. And that that includes uh, encouraging any employees who work with you to, if they're feeling ill, to use sick days rather than come to work and get other people sick in the process so uh it, it, OSHA offers guidance on all these kinds of concerns for workers and how to monitor worker risk of certain you know illnesses like uh, heat related things in the summer and and, uh, and 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 vice versa in the winter that sort of thing um wh- what other kinds of um um, safety policies in the well, workplace are important.
1: As as the, uh, the health and well-being of our workforce is defined and is broadened, we want to make sure that they're healthy from our work environment, but we're concerned with the well-being of our workers ongoing. And we've got several other issues that are beyond just um, uh, the chance of getting hurt.
0: Um, We're going to take a short break right here, and we'll be back in a minute, and you hope you'll be with us because we're going to talk about some things that maybe you never thought about in terms of safety policies in your workplace. And your workplace, whether it's uh, your garage, your kitchen table, or a gigantic building um, or or piece of property or just a truck, it doesn't matter. All of those things have application. So stay with us, and we'll see you back here in just a minute. Welcome back to BusinessWorks, Ken Wyant and Hal Alpear, and we're here together talking about uh, workplace safety policies and some of those needs that we often have a tendency to overlook, like having the right protective gear and, and making sure that if you have employees, they are using it, and no excuses for not doing it, no matter how awkward or uncomfortable it may be, because... Uh, it's too big a risk, and that OSHA O S H A has guidelines on all of this. And all you have to do is check it out on the internet, and you'll get uh, complete listings of hazards and employees that are, uh, what they're required to provide, and uh, and now that sort of information. We talked about health concerns also, and um, during the break here, we've been discussing the subject of sexual harassment. And domestic violence as two things that, by the way, uh, impact workplace safety policies. So, um, Ken, you want to pick up on either of these? Or well, both I think them?
1: that, uh, as I mentioned, that uh, we're looking at the well-being of our workforce, and that does matter. It's the law, and it matters to uh, the value and productivity of our business. Domestic violence uh, affects our workers, and it can it can really spill over into the workplace environment and affect uh, morale and productivity of our employees, and certainly specifically uh, the well-being of the invo- of the actual individuals that are subject to that mm-hmm. violence. And so I think that uh, there are policies out there and there are approaches that you can review and uh, and decide how to adapt them to your needs and appropriate for uh, your company.
0: And I, and I see that uh, some of the information we have here is that Cornell Law School, C-O-R-N-E-L-L, as in Cornell University Law School, has a domestic violence and workplace model policy that you can review and adapt. So you may want to look that up on the Internet and see what they have to say. Um, most, so, yeah, most... most um, Workplace employers do not have a plan for supporting victimized employees and uh, providing workplace safety for them. So I, uh, you know, I think that's uh, that's a sign of the times is changing, that's changing, and we're seeing more and more um, support for those kinds of issues. And sexual harassment, of course, we're hearing about pretty regularly in the news. So, um, is there something Ken, you can you Well, I think on that
1: that that's, that's um, the uh, awareness and concern for issues of uh, just gender bias, sexual harassment is is been ongoing. We hear about it more in the press these days, but it's becoming a greater expectation that is. To be, uh, that the employer pays attention to this. If we were in California, the law just changed and it used to be uh, companies with 50 employees or more would be required to have training. Now it's any company with five or more.
0: Is we're, go, we're going to take a quick break here. I'm sorry to interrupt, but we're running a little long and we just want to be back with you in a minute and ask that you stay with us because we're going to be talking some more about this and uh, from a whole bunch of other things that fit into this category that you need to be aware of if you have a business and, and if you're whether you're starting it or already have one that exists, these are important points. Thank you. Be back. Welcome back to Business Works. This is Hal and Ken. We're talking about uh we ended up talking about sexual harassment as an issue for workplace safety policies. And uh, one of the things that we wanted to share with you is that you can get this information from the SBA.gov, SBA.gov, Small Business Administration, that there is an article there by Barbara Weltman, and um, you, you might find all the details there. We find out that it's very advisable to provide training to protect employees and avoid liability for your company when you are prepared to um, recognize and do some training on sexual harassment and abuse. Your your insurance company may require you to have that policy and do training. And recently, you might want to know that in California, some greatly expanded uh, programs of sexual harassment prevention training ha- have taken place and until now it was limited to supervisors and only imposed on employers with 50 or more employees. But starting next year... In 2020, it applies to employers with five or more employees and becomes a mandatory training to all employees. So it's just something to be aware of as time goes along. And uh, again, sources, OSHA, has information on this, OSHA. And we're going to talk for a minute here on the subject of on-site threats, because this is a very real thing these days, and times have changed, unfortunately. And in the sense that this has become a more common issue. Ken, um, you want to share what you might have on that in terms of uh, uh, how to how a business can be deal with this?
1: Well, I think that as a business owner, we have to go beyond, and I think it's clear these days, we've seen so much of it, that uh, it can happen anywhere, anytime, or nowhere at no time. We just don't know. And it's not just for school students. I'm talking about any workplace, and and okay. I think in the last year you've seen that it's not just schools, but any workplace, and we you need to sit through and say, do a what if. I know you, we don't want to, but we need to do a what if. What if something were to happen? How would we respond? How should we respond? And then once, as the business owner, you've got some ideas on that, you need to engage the employees and have them practice something because we won't know how we respond until we've at least practiced it more than once. And and nobody
0: wants to think about having a fire in their business or having an on-site shooter but the reality is these things are occurring and so and the people who are prepared to deal with them are the ones who are going to more likely to survive and get through it all um and one of those suggestions that we ran across and I've had this occasion a few times with clients is to set up a uh offer training for CPR you can do this just by contacting your local red cross agency or your local first aid squads or police department somebody will have input for you there and tell you how to do that but it's a, it's a very valuable uh bit of training and it has changed over time from what it used to be so it's important to know what the latest uh is and if if people know how to do that it's a terrific benefit not just to on you know not just on the job but once you have that training, if you, you're in a restaurant you, and you know how to deal with it, um, you're going to deal with it. And so that it, it offers a lot more in life than it does just on the job. Um, yeah. There are other things like that, and um, um, oh, have,
1: I think that there are two perspectives yeah. on here. Some people worry that we're dwelling on the problem, and the other perspective is it's an action to prevent. needing to worry about the problem. We know that we are uh, able to protect ourselves, and it gives us strength in knowing that and allows us to relax even more when we know that we've thought about it and know how to protect ourselves. And having an
0: automatic external defibrillator, AED, having one on site, and have employees trained how to use it. Uh, Again, American Red Cross and various other organizations offer free training or low-cost training Um, it's well worth looking into. And and in the end, your employees will be appreciative of
1: having learned that bit of knowledge. And and I think that as we go through this, there's another point, and it goes with safety. Something happens that goes beyond a fire extinguisher. Something happens, and we've seen that with weather. We've seen it with fire. We've seen it with these other issues that completely disrupts your business. How do you find out what's happening with your employees? How do you know how to reach them? How do you know how to put together an approach to getting back to working again for everyone's benefit? And so communication, uh, there can be an emergency situation that we need to inform our staff of things. Do you have a phone tree? Do you have a way to get the word to everyone? Uh, Do you have a structure for that? And and I think that's an important part of managing. And it broadens quickly into an overall emergency management uh, with goals of protecting your employees, creating a communication structure, creating a backup plan for your information and your important documents, and creating maybe an alternative business plan so how do you do business under an emergency situation? So
0: se- setting up channels of communication is your, your, what you're talking about, text right. messaging, uh voice messaging, emails, whatever. But having something in place so that everyone can be informed at the right moment uh and know what to do. So that that's really uh an important a critical ingredient in in every business today. Um, I don't know about re- reporting the stuff to government. That's another aspect of it, um, because OSHA keeps tracks of uh, keeps track of incidents and workplace accidents and illnesses and death, and that and that means employers must keep records and report these incidents as well. So you you know you have to be aware of the fact that this is a a rule uh, protecting worker privacy. The, the Department of Labor. Uh, uh, is involved with this. OSHA is involved with this. Work-related injuries and illnesses it, it have to be reported. They have to be filed electronically. So there are a number of things here that um, we just want to have you be aware of and and set up if you haven't done that yet. We are... Um, we are well, just, it, yeah, it, go
1: ahead. It, I think that overall, we've got legally Or we've got... Uh, our government has expectations of you as a business owner to uh, to provide safety for your employees, but it's just good business practice to take care of your employees, and that creates the long health of the employees and the health of your business in the long run.
0: Um, secondarily, I might mention that it's also worth mentioning as you go through this uh, to others because uh, it's impressive to know that you are— in a visiting a business or in a store or something where the employees have um, uh, emergency training. And, and it's just a reassuring feeling for customers and and others. So with that final thought, uh, it makes good sense to be proactive in protecting your employees from harm and um, to whatever extent possible and review your workplace policies now. We thank you for being with us today. And um, we look forward to seeing you again next time around. This is Hal and Ken and Business Works.